What's up, people? It's your boy, D-Raw, coming to you with another episode of the Houston Sports Connoisseurs Podcast. Don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me, your boy, D-Raw, the connoisseur, okay? Uh, man, look, this is an all-Texan podcast, and we're going to get right into the Texans, and then we're going to talk about the playoffs, just in general, you know what I'm saying? What's going on? What happened? Wild card? Where we going? Divisional round? Who we got and who we don't got? It's just me today, your boy D Raw. So let's get to it. Um, first, let's talk about that Texans man uh, game with the Browns because that was the best game I would honestly say I probably ever been in attendance of. Um, and probably ever seen, honestly, if, if it's not the number one game I've ever seen best on top, it's definitely top three. Like, bro, that game was electric. A 45-14 victory for the Houston Texans. Joe Flacco, C.J. Stroud, head to head. Flacco coming back to Houston, you know, last time they beat us. They, they spanked us in Houston, you know, but CJ didn't play. And I kept saying with CJ being a factor of this game, this game was going to be totally different and that it was, you know, CJ 16 for 21, 274, three TDs, Joe Flacco. He was 34 for 46, 307, one TD, two interceptions. And when we break that down, we, we breaking down. What we seen out of CJ first because CJ was just on point, bro. And yeah, he he was, you know what I'm saying, putting the ball on the money. Uh Nico was playing big. But let's not forget what the defense did, baby. I'm talking about people stepping up that you didn't expect. Christian Harris. I mean, he's been improving this year, but Christian Harris had a pick six. You know what I'm saying? Um in that game. He played well. They stopped the run well, and Kareem Hunt once again suffered um, to the Houston Texans. Well, Kareem Hunt didn't even play last time uh, against the Texans. But Ford, he he suffered against the Texans, and so did Hunt. Hunt only had 26 yards on eight carries, and one he did have that one touchdown. And I'll be honest, like, in the first quarter, you know, Kareem Fairbairn, he came out there, he kicked the field goal. We started out kind of strong, but then – we know, we know the fire was kind of put out a little bit. And then we let them come right out, and they just kind of moved the ball right down the field. Boom, 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 bang. Touchdown, Kareem Hunt. He did his little push-up thing in the end zone. I'm like, okay, disrespect. All right, cool, cool, you know. But then we got going right away. Nico, four plays, 75 yards. Nico straight to the end zone, baby. Nico, touchdown. Now it's 10 to 7. We're going back and forth like this. At that point, I'm kind of worried that, you know, that this Texan defense was never really going to adjust and make the stops that we needed. But surprisingly, it did. Surprisingly, it did. This this defense, man, played well into the second quarter. Um, we, we, we jumped in the second quarter. And to be honest, you know, in that second quarter, I looked at how Kareem Hunt was dominant again. Flacco, he was still, you know, putting the ball on the money. Things like that. But you can't take away from what CJ did in that second quarter. But, you know, with that being said, Brevin Joy, he made a big play. And that's what we're going to need going forward. Brevin Joy making plays like he did. 
Um, Brevin Jordan, bro, he he got a pass and he took off on them boys, man. Seventy six yards, one play. Then nobody expected, especially because opening the second quarter, Cream Hunt and, and, and Flacco and them they they went down downfield. They're seventy five yards again, and they and they clearly you know looked like they was you know dominating our defense at that point. And and, and to be totally honest, you know. It, it, they was. It was fourteen ten. They was dominating our defense, but it, it could. It, the same could be said for our offense, dominating their defense. And we talking about a number one defense in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? And that's in regular season. Coming into the postseason, hey, things change, but some things remain the same. And defense is always the one thing that remains king in playoffs because what defense wins championships, people, right? So. Cleveland defense didn't win the championship that day. And in that game, it was the Texans defense that looked like that was the number one defense. In the second quarter, we got up to 24 points. It was a 24-14 split at that time, halftime come around. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, that's cool. Um, you know, the the, the Browns, they, they got plenty of opportunities. It's a lot of time on the clock. They're going to come back. They're going to make some changes. You know, they in there, but guess what? It wasn't happening today, baby. It was Texans all day, man. Uh, third quarter, bro, we got them two pick sixes, man. Uh, return, Steven Nelson had a hell of, he Steven Nelson had a hell of a day, okay? Uh, he played well from the corner position. And uh, honestly, I, hats off to Steven Nelson. He, he's been playing terrific this whole season. Uh, Steven been doing a lot of things. He he's been really been covering some of the best receivers in the NFL. Hats off to Derrick Stingley too, though, because he shut down his whole side of the field. But what I want to say about Steven is a lot of people look overlook what Steven is doing. You know, a lot of times, a lot of teams when they face the Texans, they don't even put uh their best receiver on Stingley's side no more. And that's respect for Stingley at this point. He's finally getting respect that he deserves. He's getting respect from me as well because I've been seeing him play consistent. He's been healthy. And now he's really, really proven that he is one of those top dog, top corners in the NFL. And I love to say that. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a, anyone the respect when it's due. But I can't give you respect uh, when I don't see the results. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I was saying before when I picked Sauce over Stingley. Now, is it still a close uh, contest? It is. A, it is still a close contest. Am I gonna say that Stingley is better than Sauce? No, I can't. I can't. To be truly honest, I can't. But is Stingley a Pro Bowl corner this year? Yes. Is he playing like an all-pro corner or NFL player? Yes. In the time he has played, he, he has. But if he had played the whole season and he was not hurt this year, oh, man, bro would be Pro Bowl cornerback automatically. Uh, All-pro, you know, defense, whatever, NFL you know what I'm saying? He he would get those accolades. But um, even at this point, with the statistics that he has, the amount of interceptions he has, and things like that, Stingley is all pro, bro. Pro bowl. You know, he 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 definitely deserve it. And but that goes to also say that Steven Nelson has been holding his own down on that side when he's been facing big time receivers. Has he always played an A one kind of game? No, he hasn't. And Stingley hasn't either, you know what I'm saying? But more more uh, likely Stingley has than Nelson. 
And Nelson has really played his part. But let's not even skip the part that we talk about Desmond King because, to be honest, King really, he came back to the Texans and he been playing his ass off. But to me, personally, they should never cut him. I like King. I like King when he came out, uh, out of college. When he came from Iowa, he was balling. When he went to the Chargers, he was balling. He was a Pro Bowl corner. So how did he get to the point he's at now, you know, to where – Teams didn't want to pick him up where he was a free agent and then he got cut and things like that. And he got to the Texans. I don't know. But to me personally, I feel like King was playing pretty well for the Texans for the last what uh, one or two seasons. He was with us before the D'Amico Ryan's uh, entourage came in. So King should always been on his team, you know, and that goes to say I would have liked to have King and Shaquille Griffin. But I don't know whatever happened with Shaquille. They let him go and. Uh, we, we stuck with the, the corners we have. But anyways, that goes to say this team that we have now, man, is a is a, is a good team. They they got a, a, a nice relationship with each other and everything they do is for each other. No one wants to shine more than, than the other player, you know, and that's what kind of ball we need, bro. Um, especially when you play teams like the Browns, because we took on a Brown team, like I said, that that really was supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, you know. Joe Flacco, yeah, he he's an older quarterback and things like that. And um, some people can disrespect him. But Flacco, he may not be an elite quarterback, never was, but he always got the job done. And he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback at that, you know what I'm saying? And uh, those are the things that you got to remember. Flacco is hell of a quarterback. He did it with the Ravens for years, and he's doing it now for the Browns. But the Texans finally figured out a way to top Joe Flacco, and they did it at the best time, the most supreme time at home in Houston, and we got it done. But um, the the one thing that stuck out to me in this game, and I'm going to talk about it later as well, but it was David Njoku and Harrison Bryant having seven and four receptions, 80, uh, 93 yards receiving for Njoku, uh, 65 for Harrison Bryant, you know, those those targets are something major, but because that that thing that they did on the offense is part of the recipe of what the Ravens are going to try to do to the Texans. And um, the only difference is that the Ravens have a quarterback named Lamar Jackson, which is totally different. You know, trust is totally different from what Joe Flacco is bringing to the table. We're talking about somebody that's elite with speed, that can get out the pocket, that can throw the ball, and, and he can be on the move and, and do it and do a whole lot for the for the Ravens. But that's for later in this podcast uh, episode because we got a lot to cover on how the Texans are where they are and where they're going this weekend, baby, against the Ravens. So let's get to it. First off, I want to talk about uh, – this NFL playoff shit. You know what I'm saying? Because to be honest, bro, when I made my predictions, I had Miami going into Kansas City. I knew the the weather was going to be ridic ridiculously cold and all the those things. But I did not expect Kansas City to really just dump on Miami like that. We're talking about a 26-7 to victory for uh, Kansas City. And, and, you know, it just didn't look good for Miami. The, the offense was cold. The defense was cold. They got great corners over there in Miami, and, and nothing really worked out. Even um, our, our little boy Tyreek Hill was shut down. You know what I'm saying? 
we seen uh, their best corner. put him in the dirt you know what i'm saying and he he responded on um on twitter he said yeah man i got mine you know what i'm saying which he did but overall man kansas city was the better team at home in the cold which is understandable you know miami coming from miami going somewhere cold we're talking about negative temperatures and um negative wind chill it was ridiculous out there and um Kansas City took care of business. Patrick Mahomes, 262 yards passing. Uh, Pacheco, 89 yards on the ground. Rasheed Rice, though, was a standout player in that game, 130 yards receiving, stepping up for Mahomes for a team that, you know, has not really been good um, with the passing this year. Or the offense overall has not been where where they would like it to be or where it has been in the past. So, when we talk about that offense and we do a comparison to uh, where it was before, I'm not really sure that this offense is really that scary. Their defense is a whole lot better than what it has ever been, though. You know, but even then, their next opponent, I don't really think their next opponent is going to be too scared of Kansas City. But we'll talk about that, too. You know, getting into the other game, Green Bay and Dallas. Dallas Cowboys, man, I'm totally disappointed. I had Dallas all the way at home. Number one reason is because Dallas has not lost a game at home. And they bringing in a Green Bay team with uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love has been decent this year, but I never thought that Jordan Love was going to come out and put uh, put up C.J. Stroud kind of numbers. You know, we're we talking about uh, image for image, split by split. Them boys was pretty much the same. I think Stroud only had like four more yards, I mean, two more yards passing or something like that. It was crazy. Uh, same QB rating, same amount of touchdowns, everything all done the same. But the one thing I will say, they are in no way uh, two of the same. Number one, Stroud didn't even play but like what, 11 snaps in the second half? Like seriously, he didn't play number like 11 snaps in the second half. Jordan Love played, I believe, almost the whole game against Dallas or if not the whole game. Well, he did come out. He did come out, people, in the fourth quarter. But then Dallas started trying to make a run, so they put him back in. That was not the case for C.J. Stroud uh, going against the Browns. But anyways, Dak Prescott played horrible. Uh, his stat line may say 403 yards passing, but that was garbage time, people. Um, the run game for Dallas was trash. Uh, the defense was trash. Dak was forcing passes that was not you know there. He was trying to get this, the ball to C.D. so much, bro, like – he, he must have forgot he had all his other talent on his offense. Um, I don't understand what Dak was doing. McCarthy should have been making some adjustments on the defense. They was going out there running um, like a dollar defense, you know, dollar set, six DBs, things like that, and playing a zone. And, and he supposed to be stopping the run. I mean, Aaron Jones went out there for 118 yards rushing people. And they killed them. Not only did they kill them on the ground, but they also killed them through the air. It was like every time Dan Quinn called a play on defense, he always called the wrong thing. And then Romeo does. We talking about what? Like a rookie receiver or something? 151 yards receiving? I'll be honest. Like, Dubs is okay, but he ain't 151 yards receiving worthy. But, you know, I'm not even going to talk down on the man, though. Because we got our own kind of player out here in Houston called Nico Collins, and 
he still has yet to get the respect that he deserved. So let me not disrespect Romeo Doves. I mean, I betted on him a couple times and he disappointed me. So I'm a little mad about that, you know. But anyways, man, Dallas got to improve. I don't know what they need to do overall, but I will say this. I've heard that they need to go get a running back and I can see it. They need a big running back. They don't need no uh, Pollard. They don't need no uh, no uh, Vine or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? They need somebody like Derrick Henry. And I feel like Derrick Henry would have been the perfect uh, player to fill in this year and help them in that run game, especially when they need those those short yards. And also, man, Derrick Henry is a, a man amongst boys. He's, he's a man that does it all. He's very versatile. And we already know that Derrick is um, already scientist- his uh last day away in Tennessee, and he's going to be on the move. So Dallas, maybe you want to call Derrick Henry and try to make that move because if you can get Derrick Henry to come to Dallas, he don't need to be the every down back. Tony Pollard could still be that, but you can definitely use Henry in a lot of different situations where he could become very, very useful to that Dallas franchise. But also, um, I just think that the defense should have been better. I don't feel like um, Parsons has played as good as he did the previous season uh, as he's been playing this year. And be totally honest, I think Parsons need to get off his podcast and leave that shit to me, okay? Uh, that's my that's my point of view on everything. Dallas fans, chip in. Tell me what y'all think. I know a lot of Dallas uh, people is really mad. Everybody's on Dallas right now because they was all talking about Super Bowl this, Super Bowl that, America's team this, America's team that. America's team is sitting at home, people. They're sitting at home. So L.A. and Detroit, or L.A. Rams and Detroit Lions faced off against each other. Detroit pulled off a close one, 24-23. Um, man, Detroit played their ass off. First uh, dub or playoff win since, what, 1991 or 1992, whatever the case may be. It's been a long-ass time since Detroit has been there to make a big play. And now they're moving to the divisional round, and they're doing it again with home field advantage. And that means whoever is coming in there has to worry about what Detroit is putting out, bro, because they got a 12th man at Detroit right now because no one has seen it. Probably half of the people that's in attendance have never seen Detroit go to the playoff. Hell, half of them probably have never even seen Dion, I mean, uh, Barry Sanders make a play. Detroit for the first time in 32 years, your Lions have won a playoff game. How about it? And yeah, you see a few tears in there for those folks. So, we talking about a young audience, but also an older audience that has really just been filled with a lot of misery with the Detroit Lions. And now they finally have the opportunity. Speaking of that, um, that was this story. And uh, Montgomery, you know, just made someone happy, you know, because he's part of that team, man. It's, it's all about love and belief. And he did it. Uh, moving on. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> by the way, so Los Angeles took it to Detroit, tried to get the dub, but I think at this point, you know, Puka Nukua, um, 181 yards receiving is, is very valuable to that team. And he's going to be very valuable to that team for the next three or four years, hopefully, if he don't uh, be hurt, because I see a lot of injuries in his future, just the way that he's 
just getting set up in that game. But he was catching it all, bro. Nakua is an amazing rookie. Um, he would be rookie of the year if it wasn't for C.J. Stroud. You know, to be totally honest, I've never seen a rookie receiver just come out blazing like that, especially a rookie receiver that looks like that. And he's not even that. But, hey, anyways, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just saying that the dude is dominant. He's great. He got uh, great mentors over there in Cooper Cup and, and things like that. Nicole, uh keep pushing, bro. I like what, what I see, you know. Um, but Detroit moving on. Rams going home. And I think that might be the end of a Rams dynasty. Um, they got some older players over there that might go ahead and retire. Might go ahead and hang it up, you know, for sure. Um, Matthew Stafford left it all out there on the field, did it at, um, at his old home in Detroit, but he just couldn't get it done. But I like what I seen out of Jerry Goff to turn the page, take the torch and let him know, Hey man, Detroit is my city. Now I'm, I'm doing big things. And he did it in front of Barry Sanders and, and all those other famous line players, you know? Uh, so that was cool. Um, but like I said, Detroit prevailed. Los Angeles Rams go home, and then we turn the page to Monday, and we had Pittsburgh and Buffalo. And I'll be honest, like I did, I did take uh, Pittsburgh in this game. I just thought that Pitt might have a chance, and it was only because of Mike Tomlin. They did fight a little bit. They had a couple opportunities, but uh, clearly I would say this. The one thing that really showed in this game is that Pittsburgh need a quarterback, and I, I mean, I've, it's obvious right here. I don't know what Mike Tomlin going to do. I don't know if he's going to. Uh, continue to be a Pittsburgh Steeler head coach or is he's going to go to another organization but from what I'm hearing so far it doesn't seem like he's going anywhere it seems like he's going to stay in Pittsburgh and I mean why would why would you leave I mean I went 10 and 7 uh you get a couple pieces to this team this team would be on the right path right it's been on the right path for with a decade and a half or more so I don't think it's going to fall off the uh, train tracks at this point especially where they at, especially what he's done with what he has. I'll be honest, man. If it was a lot of other coaches in the NFL that had this Pittsburgh team, bro, they probably would have won six games. Honestly, they probably would have won six games, if that, you know. But the, the fact that he has Mason Rudolph playing decent, a decent run game, he got two uh, great pass rushers, TJ White didn't even playing this game, and they were still competitive. Hats off to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Although they lost to Buffalo, Buffalo looked dominant. Josh Allen made some elite plays. Josh Allen, um, man, I, I seen him break one tackle on one drive, bro. He just took off to the end zone. It was ridiculous. But that's the Josh Allen that everybody loves to see, but that's also the Josh Allen that costs them a lot of games. So we're going to see what Josh Allen looks like going forward for the Buffalo Bills in this playoff race uh philly tampa philly laid another egg i said that if philly didn't turn the turn the page flip the script and get back on the right page tampa was gonna take care of business tampa did that baker mayfield 337 yards passing man Devontae smith played amazing though for the eagles 148 yards receiving he left it all out there on the field no aj brown uh but i will tell you this man jalen hurts did not look like a leader in that game it looked like he was uh, composed of, of of some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I don't I don't really understand what Jalen Hurts was on or what he was doing. But also a lot of that kind of fell on the coaching as well. 
Now, I know they've been talking about firing Nick Sirianni, but to be honest, that's not realistic. This guy was just in the Super Bowl last year, lost by what, a point or two or something, a field goal. You know what I'm saying? He was right there uh, this year. They, they they won a lot of games, and then they collapsed. I don't know. At one point, Philly was, what, 10-1, and one, and then all of a sudden, things start changing. Don't know what happened in the locker room. Could be coaching. Maybe it is time to move on. But right now to say that, it's really hard to really justifiably just agree with anybody on saying Nick Sirianni should be fired. But I do think they need to uh, analyze what's going on with Jalen Hurts. Is he hurt or is it something in between, you know, the ears? Like, what, what's going on, bro? Like, I don't I don't understand, but that team should have looked a whole hell of a lot better uh, with Jalen Hurts being in the backfield. And for the most part, that was pretty healthy. You know what I'm saying? The defense played pretty good. The front front seven was dominant. Uh, no A.J. Brown, but shit, he was still moving the ball. Why didn't they run the ball to me? They didn't run the ball enough in that game. They didn't do a lot of things enough in that game. And that's the reason why Philly lost this game 32-9. And meanwhile, Tampa dominated Baker Mayfield. Rashad White was looking great coming out the backfield. He was looking real quick, fast, and big at the same time. And he was doing his due. Um, none of the receivers really just, you know, took off in the game for for Baker. But it was a team game, and he and that's how he got the 337 for sure. Um, moving on, though, people. That's the wrap on that wild card playoff week. Now let's get into this Texans and Ravens game. Because at this point, people, it's all nuts, no glory. It's game time. Texans, Ravens. And, and you know what? I want to break down where the Ravens have been in the past. I mean, I did a lot of research, man. I did a lot, a lot of research. Um, Let's kick it back, bro. Let's throw it back all the way to 2018. Back in 2018, um, the, the, the Ravens was a, a pretty good football team. I think they had Lamar Jackson under their tutelage maybe for about uh, a year or two at that point. And Lamar and the Ravens, they marched in at home uh, against the Chargers. That year, Baltimore went 10-6. and six. Um, By the way, that 10-6 and six team had the ninth best offense, the first defense, it was first in defense, and the 21st uh, best team in making turnovers, right? So that team uh, went into the wild card. They was the what, fourth seed or whatever, possibly that year. Um, at home, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens lost 23-17. This was his first time being in the playoffs with the Ravens. He actually didn't play too bad, though, in my opinion. Two TDs, one interception. Now, he was sacked seven times. So keep that in mind. Sacked seven times. Uh, Phillip Rivers played decent against the Ravens then. Didn't throw no touchdowns. They, the uh, Chargers had one rushing TD. Um, basically, everything else was made up by the Chargers defense. The Chargers defense is what dominated in that game. And that's how the Chargers beat the Ravens. Seven sacks, bro, made a difference, right? But, you know, that's a young Lamar. That's a young Lamar that didn't really throw 
and throw the ball in the pocket. He moved with his legs and he liked to get out and scramble and toss the ball downfield. And that is why they lost that game. 23-17 is not a bad score. I mean, but they lost. They lost at home. So that goes to show 2019, they ran it back, right? They ran it back. And in this game, the Ravens went 14-2. and two. They were 7-1 at home. They lost to the Tennessee Titans that went 9-7. Now, mind you, in 2019, the Ravens was the number one seed in the NFL, right? And in 2019, the Ravens rested Lamar Jackson. They were first in their division. So keep this in mind, people, when I'm telling you First in their division, rested Lamar Jackson. They were second in offense, fourth in defense, sixth in turnovers. Repeat, second in offense, fourth in defense, sixth in turnovers, right? Played the Tennessee Titans. Titans came in. You know, they had Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, um, the the big young Derrick Henry coming in, just doing it all, right? Derrick Henry, 30 carries. 195 yards. Now, Texas don't have no Derrick Henry. We got Devin Singletary, okay? He, he's, he's motor, but he ain't doing, our, doing it like that. And But if we can get half, half of what he did, I mean, half of what Henry did, we'll be good, right? I mean, because that's 100 yards, basically. That's 200 yards rushing right there. And really, they allowed 217 yards rushing, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, man. Ryan Tannehill, he didn't do good in the passing game. He was 7 for 14, 88 yards passing, but he did have two touchdowns, right? That's crazy. 88 yards, two touchdowns. He did just enough to win the game. Now you look at the Lamar Jackson side. Lamar came out there. He threw 59 passes. He went 31 for 59, 365, uh, one TD, two interceptions. He was doing everything in his willpower to try to win the game, but it wasn't enough. QB rating, 30.4. Just trash. Trash all the way around. Sacked four times, though. They had that pressure on Tennessee, did they thing. And um, we look at the game, like the fumbles and stuff. Lamar, he fumbled the ball. Uh, so he had a fumble. He had two interceptions. That's three turnovers on Lamar Jackson right there. That's the three turnovers pretty much for the whole team. You know, Lamar, he played horrible. But remember, he rested. It was number one in the division, and he sat out. We're talking about two weeks. No Lamar, no action. Let that um, marinate because I'm going to come back to this because this is good. It's getting good, right? So at that point, so at that point, man, you got to kind of look at it like this, bro. The Ravens came out again the next what the next year 2020 and that Ravens team was 19th in offense 7th in defense and 12th in turnovers Lamar Jackson once again was in the divisional playoffs um they did not win a division that year they was not the one seed um Buffalo Bills was 13 and 3 Ravens 11 and 5 they went into Buffalo Took another L. Lamar Jackson came out 14 for 24. Uh, no touchdowns, one interception, 162 yards passing, 
three TDs. But remember, Lamar Jackson, um, he's getting better in the pocket, right? Now, at that point, we're talking about a Lamar Jackson that's probably been in the league for about, what, four or five years? I mean, 2020 at that point, right? Something like that. So, he should be progressing. He should be getting better. Now, I'm not going to down-talk Lamar because he's an electric, electrifying um, athlete. He's amazing in the backfield. He's doing something at another level we haven't seen in a while. And another thing I will throw in, it was COVID uh, season, but, hey, everybody was dealing with it. So, it is what it is, right? And uh, at that point, you just got to look at everything else. Lamar and his team did well on the ground, 150 yards rushing, which I could see them doing now because that's the kind of team they, they got. That's what they do. They run the ball and they pass. Um, he probably got better receivers now. I mean, then he had Willie Smead and Mark Andrews, which is still there, which is a elite tight end, to be honest. Marquise Brown has been traded. He's gone. But uh, they got other people in place now that's similar to Marquise Brown, like Zay Flowers. You ask me, you know. Um, anyways, man, like the, the people they got, they all kind of play a, play a similar role at this point. 2020, 2023, 2019, they all do something, right? Defense still be good. Offense, you know, took a step back that year, but eventually moved forward, you know. 2021, they missed the playoffs. 2022, Lamar Jackson uh, was hurt. They lost a wild card to the Bengals. So I'm not going to talk about that. Fair is fair, right? But now, 2023, they playing the Texans. It's 2023. They playing the Texans. Um, and as expected, you know, they, they say that they're going to beat us. But also, Let's look at some of the teams that did beat the Ravens this year. The Ravens went, what, um, 14 and what, what did the Ravens do? The, the, the Ravens went 13 and 4. So we're looking at a 13-4 Ravens team going against the Texans. They lost to the Colts, which was a, our division rival. We lost to the Colts, right? But we also did beat the Colts week, week what, 18. So lost to the Colts a uh, week Two, the Texans did. Um, but the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Colts week four or week three, and they lost 22-19. So you, you got to kind of question, what did the Colts do? They didn't allow Lamar Jackson to dominate because if I look at the, st the statistics correctly, Lamar went 22 for 31, 202 yards passing, no TDs, no interceptions, sacked four times. Held the ball too long. Oh, he did get two two TDs on the ground, though. Okay. What did I tell you? Lamar likes to run still. Is Lamar going to do a lot of passing from the pocket? I would take the bet and say no. Is he going to be the most accurate quarterback in the pocket? I would take the bet and say no. Is he better in the pocket? Yes. We've seen it. We've seen him kill some teams from the pocket. This is true. This is possible. But is it going to happen against the Texans? I would say no, it's not. Um, and the reason is that because I'm just looking at some of the teams that they lost to, how they beat them. But we also got to look at some of the teams that the Ravens did beat. Um, and with that being said, you know, I also want to just touch a little bit more on this coach game because 
Michael Pittman Jr., nine receptions, 77 yards. Nico Collins might not have a whole bunch of yards in this game, but I think he'll get a lot of receptions. Uh, Josh Downs, he was uh, uh, the, the closest thing I could compare to uh, Tank Dell. We don't have that right now, but Josh Downs went out there, dominated eight receptions, 57 yards. You know, also remember in this game, Gardner Minshew is the quarterback. So this is the same guy that took the Colts all the way through the season. So we're not talking about Anthony Richardson. All right. Alec Pierce, three receptions, 43 yards. So does this sound, my thing is, oh, timeout, timeout. I forgot to mention the statistics on the Ravens team overall. Six in offense, six in defense, second in turnovers. Again, six in offense, six in defense, second in turnovers, first in their division, rested Lamar Jackson. Comparison, 2019, second in offense, fourth in defense, six in turnovers, rested Lamar Jackson, first in their division. Remember, they lost. They lost to, they lost to the Titans, 2019. Blowout. Blowout. All right? 2023. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Remember, the Titans was 9-7. 2023. Six in offense, six in defense, second in turnovers, First in the division, rest of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson sit for about a couple weeks. And here we are. Again, Indianapolis beat them 22-19. Right? Then the Ravens, they lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Steelers twice this year. But we're not even going to talk about week uh, 18 or 17, whatever week number you want to call it. We're not even going to talk about that. But truth of the matter is, Kenny Pickett was the quarterback. Second game, uh, uh, Mason Rudolph was the quarterback for the Steelers. Lamar Jackson didn't play in the game, still lost. Both games, it was 17-10 victory for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you tell me, Steelers know how to beat the Ravens, right? And the recipe is right there, bro. Once again, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, 22 for 38. One interception, four sacks. He got sacked four times. Again, horrible QBR, 45.5. Lamar Jackson, 45 yards on the ground. He likes to run the ball. He likes to try to get throws on a run, throws interceptions. It's something consistent here, right, people? He throws interceptions. And look, when we get to the Texans and Ravens game that happened week one, you're going to understand what I'm saying. You're going to see what I'm saying, people. You're going to see it because I'm telling the truth. Uh, Zay Flowers, he showed up again, 73 yards receiving. Mark Andrews, 65 yards receiving. Nason, um, Nason, Nelson Aguilar, 64 yards receiving. ODB, 13 yards receiving. ODB is sometimes a factor. Sometimes he is a non-factor. So you never really know what you're going to get out of Odell. But you got to respect him. Rashad Bateman. Uh, sometimes he could show up and make a play or two as well. You know, they, they got players. I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. But we're going to get into that when I really start breaking down that Texan and Ravens game. Then we look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, Kenny Pickett, uh, he was 18 for 32. We talking about old Kenny Pickett. He wasn't even really just cooking them. You know what I'm saying? But he was 18 for 32. One TD, no interceptions. He was sacked three times. He didn't have a great QBR either. 
but he played well enough to beat the Ravens, right? So Jalen Warren, nine carries, 40 yards. Najee Harris, 14 carries, 37 yards. Running by committee, sound like the Texans, right? Better quarterback, hmm. CJ Stroud, definitely better than Kenny Pickett for sure. Uh, George Pickens, six receptions, 130 yards, one TD. And they talk about Nico Collins can't cook them. They talk about Nico Collins can't cook them. George Pickens went out there for six receptions, 130 yards. Pickens is a good receiver, but I think Collins is better. All right. Uh, their second line lineup receiver was Jalen Warren. And then it was Allen Robinson, the third or the second, five receptions, 29, 29 yards receiving. So all that is just go to say, man, the Texans definitely got a chance. Texans got a chance, bro. Uh, when we when we move on to the other loss that they took, they lost to the Browns. We just beat the Browns. You know what I'm saying? Now the Browns did beat us in the regular season. Regular season a little different, right? But remember, when the Browns played the Texans, well, as I said, we didn't have C.J. Stroud. We had Case Keenum and we had Davis Mills. And I think we probably would have had a shot at the Browns if Davis Mills came in at the start of the second uh, half versus bringing in Case Keenum and then bringing in Davis Mills at, with 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. It would have been a different game. You know why? Because even though you want to call some of that garbage time that we did against the Browns in the regular season, I think when they, even when they brought out the they original packages that they were sending, the blitz packages and things like that, Mills was still kind of carving them up. And at that point, it kind of uh, registered in my mind. The Texans could beat the Browns, especially with C.J. Stroud. So, in this game, Deshaun Watson was the quarterback at the time. Browns beat the Ravens 33-31. This was about mid-season. Browns was like 6-3. Ravens 7-3. Deshaun went out there 20 for 34, 213, 1 TD, 1 interception. Lamar 13 for 23, 223, 1 TD, 2 interceptions. You see all them interceptions he's throwing people? It's ridiculous. He had 8 carries for 41 yards. Uh, Zay Flowers, once again, he was dominant. Uh, he did okay, though. 73 yards, no TDs, six targets, uh, five receptions. So the guy gets the ball. And from what I take in here, he moves around a lot on the field. He could be on one side of the field and be on the other side of the field. He could play slight. He could play a lot of positions. And they're going to try to find a mismatch as best as they can to get Zay Flowers the ball. Mark Andrews, you don't know if he's going to be playing. He's been injured, so might not even see Mark Andrews in this game. But he could be a factor as well. ODB, like I said, he might hit you for a good reception or two. Like in this game, he had one reception for 40 yards. Boom. You know what I'm saying? But overall, man, Lamar is the, the leading rusher. Lamar is the one that you got to stop. Because what can his team do without Lamar? Lamar had 41 yards rushing. He had two interceptions. Um, and they even coughed the ball up. So, like I said, bro, like in, in this this Ravens team is not as good as you think. There's some some dogs over there though, but I think those those dogs, bro, is Roquan Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Cal Hamilton, Clowney, and uh, Matabuke. Matabuke, how you however you say his name. 
Those are their dogs. Now, I'm not knocking some of the other players that made plays throughout the season for them, but those are the guys I think that's really going to make a difference for them in this playoff game game against the Texans. To be, <clears throat> to be totally, truly honest, those are the guys that's going to make the play for them. People. So, moving on. 33-31 victory. Cleveland defeated them. We see they forced interceptions. They put pressure on Lamar Jackson. He was sacked three times. He had two interceptions. He also, you know, tried to get it done on the ground. But it, it was not successful. It was a shootout, though. Like I said, 33-31, very close. That could be something that we might see out of the Houston and Ravens game, right? So now, <clears throat> let's talk about the games that they won, though. Because they lost very few. They won a lot of games. But the one game I really want to talk about, Baltimore and the 49ers. It was a great game. We're talking about a scheme that is pretty much, you know, mirroring what the Texans are doing. We're talking about the, the Kyle Shanahan and Kubiak tree. This West Coast offense, the Ravens have seen. The Texans are going to do a lot of things that are similar to what the 49ers did. They made Brock Purdy look terrible. But Brock Purdy is a very good quarterback. Purdy went out there and threw four interceptions. He was sacked only two times. I don't know how much pressure they had on him. I don't know how many pressures he had, you know. But Purdy looked terrible in that game. Totally terrible. The Ravens looked dom dominant. They looked like Super Bowl contenders. They looked like the team that was going to win from right there from the start. You know what I'm saying? And in a lot of people's mind, this was a pre-Super Bowl matchup. Ravens and 49ers, and they got it, right? Ravens dominated the 49ers again like they did in the Super Bowl back in, what, 2012, 11, something like that, 13, when they played the uh, the, the Niners in the Superdome and uh, the lights went out and uh, the Niners were up and then after the half they got cold and the Niners were down and the Ravens won anyway. And, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit too because I got to say something about Jacoby Jones, you know? Really disappointed. Really, really disappointed. Uh, anyway, man, in this game, 33-19, victory for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson basically did what he, did his best. 252, 23 for 35, uh, two TDs, two, two sacks, um, 85.4 QB rating. He was doing good, good on the ground, seven carries, 45 yards, no, no major uh, – turnovers by the team at all you know the defense just pretty much ate them up ate the Niners up all the way but the one thing that they did do against the Niners is they did a lot of zone they played a lot of zone against the 49ers and that's that's what really made the 49ers struggle because the 49ers are a team that likes to do a lot of um movement and stuff from you know behind the offensive line and and, and make the uh defenses kind of like fall or, 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 you know, kind of bait them in. The Niners like to do that. But see, the one thing about a zone uh, defense is that when you're moving receivers and stuff around, the, the DBs and linebackers, they're only going to shift a little bit maybe to the left or the right. They're not going to follow you around the field to so you can get uh, that, that perfect opening or whatever you're trying to look for in a, in a route tree, you know, to get a, a receiver open. So in the zone, 
it's more or less that receiver is going to come to you and play and play in your zone and you're going to pick that up and that's what the ravens pretty much did and they did it very well you know christian mccaffrey didn't do good on the receiving end six receptions 28 yards but george kittle tore him up seven receptions 126 brandon ayak uh six receptions 113 debo four receptions 447 you know but overall some of that is garbage you know because statistically at, at some point in this game this game was over this game this game was competitive to a certain extent because it was five to three in the first quarter and then they allowed Baltimore to put up 13 in the second quarter San Francisco answered with seven third quarter was 17 again uh, I mean it was 17 uh, by Baltimore and it was zero for San Francisco and then it was Nothing from Baltimore, and then it was seven from San Francisco. So final score, like I said, was 33-19. 49ers was dominated. Ravens looked good, and they played a lot of zone. Zone and zone blitz killed the 49ers, forced uh, Purdy to throw interceptions. But the one thing I would say about Houston is that Houston – I think it's a smarter football team because they don't have as many. Well, one thing. All right. So let me break it down like this. When a quarterback doesn't have as many weapons, I feel like he's a little bit more poised, a little bit more careful about how he presents himself and he, you know, plays in the game. But also the way this team plays versus the 49ers is totally different. The way, you know, they think about each other, they love on each other, and they want to win is totally different. And I feel like this Houston team just got a chance just from that point of view. I know they ain't got nothing to do with football people, but I'm just being honest, man. I think C.J. Stroud is a much better quarterback than uh, uh, Brock Purdy. You know what I'm saying? I, I, just, I just think he's a much better quarterback than him. Not saying that it's, you know, uh, a big, huge gap between the two. But looking at how CJ just bust out his rookie season, how he understands the game, how he keeps cooking different defenses and stuff, this is no fluke. This is a special player in the NFL, a special quarterback as well that knows how to do it and do it big. And um, talking about doing it big, let's get into week one of the Houston Texans. You know what I'm saying? Because Baltimore did it big on the Texans. And Baltimore is going to get done big by the Houston Texans. Because remember, first in the division, rest of Lamar Jackson, six in offense, six in defense, second in turnovers. 2019, first in the division, rest of Lamar Jackson, second in offense, fourth in defense, six in turnovers. And... That goes to show this 25-9 victory that the Ravens got against the Texans means nothing. It was week one. And, it, and look, it was week one of the Texans ever playing with C.J. Stroud, ever playing under D'Amico Ryans, the new offense, new defense, all of that. It was week one of the Ravens ever playing in the offense that they have been playing under as well. Uh, 
with a new coordinator. And so you got to respect that. But even though that was week one, I see a lot of week one mistakes from Lamar Jackson. Because in that game, although they won 25 to 9, first thing I want to mention is that the game was close. It was 6 to 7 at halftime. Lamar Jackson finished that game 17 for 22, 169 yards, passing, and one interception. No TDs passing. Right? So, that one interception, that was one interception already then. If the offense improved and our defense improved, Lamar Jackson is going to throw more interceptions again. He was sacked four times in that game. That's not going to change. It's going to get better for the Texans. You, I mean, yeah, realistically, Ravens' offensive line could have improved. Yeah, they could be a little bit more electric. Yeah, yeah, him and Zay Flowers a little bit more in sync and stuff like that. But what they seen from the Texans is totally different from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint from week one. C.J. Stroud was sacked five times. C.J. Stroud was sacked on some plays where he just didn't realize he was under pressure. But C.J. Stroud is so much more better poised in the pocket than he was week one. C.J. Stroud in week one, game one, he looked like a rookie. I'll be honest. I seen some things I liked about the Texans in week one. But I seen a lot of stuff I didn't like about C.J. Stroud week one. But I also seen that C.J. Stroud was going to be a decent quarterback, but didn't know that he was going to be an elite quarterback at that point. And now I can tell you that C.J. Stroud is going to be an elite quarterback. C.J. Stroud is playing at an elite level. C.J. Stroud is totally different from what he was week one. Lamar Jackson is playing the same that he was week one. He threw some touchdowns, you know, throughout the season. He ran some touchdowns throughout the season. Is he an MVP? Hell yeah, he's an MVP. But if C.J. Stroud was not out for those two games from concussion, we're talking about a rookie and MVP quarterback of the NFL. C.J. Stroud rarely turns the ball over. He protects the ball. In that game, he had fun with the ball. Like I said, didn't feel the pressure. But I promise you, the offensive line that they put in place now is much better than it was week one. It's healthier in some ways and healthier in some ways not. But the people that we got in place is sticking, man. From Laramie Tunsil to Juice Scruggs to uh, Demeter, whatever, Dimeter, however you say his, his name, uh, to Shaq Mason, to George Fant. Much better, bro. Much better. You know what I'm saying? Just overall, just much better. And not only that they're much better, they, they got time together now. And it took a while for for Miko to really just like uh put the, the whole recipe together and make it happen. But once he did, it, it, it just it clicked. It works. And I think it's gonna work against the Ravens. It worked against the Browns. We're talking about a Browns team that was number one in defense in the NFL. C.J. Stroud carved them up, bro. He did. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about a top three pass rusher in the NFL. Didn't do nothing. I mean, Larry Tunsil handled, 
handle the pass rush that was coming from the Browns. It didn't matter who they sent after him. They was handled. So when you want to talk to me about what the Browns defense was that was number one, and you want to talk to me about the what the Ravens defense is, they're six. Browns was one. This is postseason. Things change, people change. Friends change, enemies change. But it all remains the same, baby. So, what I'm saying is, man, Texans going to win this game. They lost 25-9 to the, to the Ravens week one. Damian Pierce was a starting running back. Motor the starting running back now. Singletary. Baltimore. Pierce barely touched the field. But you might see something. Because I think this is a game that Singletary could, could perhaps really need his boy to come behind him and produce. Because Damian Pierce got a little bit more strength. And he might be able to run a Raven or two over. Singletary, he's going to make him miss. But either way, Singletary should get more of the carries as he has been. And then... Nico Collins, even then, he had six receptions, 80 yards on 11 targets. The chemistry between Nico and CJ is so much better now. And like I told you, when Pickens cooked the Ravens, I most definitely can tell you Collins can cook the Ravens. Robert Woods was great in that game. Six receptions, 57 yards. Great start. He was a safety net. Tank Dell played 34 yards, but no Tank Dell, right? But now we got to look at Xavier Hutchinson, <clears throat> Dalton Schultz, Brevin Jordan, John Mechie. Uh, and then who they brought up? They brought up uh, Sims or something like that. So at this point, I like what I'm seeing out of my Texans. I like what we're going against. Zay Flowers, he did all right, 78 yards receiving. ODB, 37 yards receiving. Rashad Bateman, 35 yards receiving. Isaiah Likely only had one catch, but he was only on one target. So what did that tell you? Was he really getting open? What was he doing? And then let's just look at it. Denzel Perryman, he played his ass off. Uh, we, we really didn't even know what Cashman was going to do at the time. Grenard was playing pretty solid, but now look at Grenard. He's there. Um, Stingley, he's there. Um, Henry Toa can step in and make a play. Desmond King was not there. Jalen Petrie, he's stepping up. You know what I'm saying? Everything is different on this Texan team. Baltimore seen a team from the that was the Texans week one with CJ Stroud, but this is a totally different team now. And like I said, Baltimore, yeah, they improved. But we've seen them. We've seen them. We've seen everybody they got right now. They probably made an addition or two that I don't know about. But to, to, to fall right into it, Baltimore beating us by nine points. Nine points. After what we did to the Browns, nine points, bro. Nine, nine points. points. 
ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And then we, we talk about Baltimore having a 81.7% chance to beat the Texans. Ridiculous. you telling me that the Houston Texans only got an 18.3% chance of beating the Baltimore Ravens. Just because what? They beat us 25-9. And, and, and they scraped by. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they, they dominated a little bit second half. But they scraped by, bro. They scraped by. They scraped by a team that was just just gelling. You know what I'm saying? 25-9. And we're we talking about playoffs now. They've been sitting down. Um, and, and the Texans been, you know, churning, getting all on them rotors. They're going. They're driving. I like the Texans' chances. No matter where this game was, was going to be at. I don't care about... It's going to be 28 degrees in Baltimore. It's been cold in Houston for the last three, four days. And that's great weather for the Texans to take advantage of. So going to Baltimore, it's not going to play a big role because it's cold. It's not going to play a big role because it's windy. That's not going to help Baltimore win this game. And then when we just look at the stats, statistically, compare the, the, the two, CJ Stroud and Lamar Jackson, over the season, we're talking about C.J. Stroud, 4,100 yards passing, 23 TDs, five interceptions. Lamar Jackson, 24 TDs, seven interceptions. The way I talk about his interceptions, it almost seemed like he had about 14, 15 interceptions. I mean, he's playing damn good football, but this is where the part gets interesting. And what I said before, Devin Singletary, Leading rusher for the Texans, 898 yards rushing, four TDs. Lamar Jackson's the leading rusher for the Ravens, 821 yards, five TDs. He's going to run the ball a lot, people. He's going to run the ball a hell of a lot. And not only that, he's going to run a lot. He is going to attempt to get out the pocket a lot. And it's going to cause him to get sacked. So I got the Texans sacking him three to four times in this game because we did it before and we will do it again. And we'll do it even better this time because we're jailed. We're, we're ready. We're ready. We all, baby. We all, baby. So the receiving side, Nico, 80 receptions, 1,300 yards basically, 8 TDs, Zay Flowers, 70, 77 uh, receptions. 858, 5 TDs. Zay is going to be a factor. But I think we can shut him down. And he's going to get his. Rather, there or there. You know, here or there. He's going he's gonna to get his sometime. But I like our matchups. I like Desmond King on him. They ain't seen Desmond King. But they seen him in the NFL before. You know what I'm saying? Steven Nelson, I like Steven Nelson. I, I like I like Stingley on him. I like I like our chances of, of, of dominating that. You you take out Zay Flowers, you shut down or con contain Lamar Jackson. I ain't gonna say shut down because you ain't shutting him down. But you contain him and you shut down Zay Flowers. This game is over. This game is Texan ball all the way. And with that being said, people, against the sixth offense, sixth defense. Second in turnovers, first in the division, 
Rested Lamar Jackson. Once again, I got the Texans. I got the Texans all the way. Texans, 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 people. Um, if I was to throw a score out there to wrap this thing up, man, throw a score out there, uh, 27-17 Texans. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's going to go out there. He's going to throw a couple picks, at least one for sure. He might even fumble the ball. Um, I think Lamar is going to be contained. They're going to run the ball again like they did against this week one. I think they're going to do a lot of things like week one because this is, is what Lamar Jackson said about us. Your previous playoff games, the offense didn't score more than 20 points. How much more confident do you feel that this year's offense has the ability to put up the points you need to win in the playoffs? I'm very confident. Very, very confident. Extremely confident. <laughs> He's very confident. He's very confident. You know, and uh, I think CJ Stroud is very confident as well. And CJ Stroud realizes what kind of disrespect this Ravens team got for us. But CJ Stroud also realizes, and not only CJ, D'Amico knows because D'Amico been here before. He know the media has no respect for the Texans. No matter how bad we beat the Browns or any of these other teams, they still got us losing. Nine points, ridiculous. Um, everyone in the media picking the Ravens, still. They say, oh, this is going to be a good game. Ravens, blowout. How's that a good game? It's a good game for them. So what we going to really see? It's not going to be no back and forth thing like the Browns game. I promise you. I don't see it. It's either going to be a blowout or it's going to uh, be a game that come down to a field goal kick. Truly honest. But like I said, 27-17 Texans all the way. Uh, C.J. Stroud is going to carve him up. He's going to figure out the way. C.J. Stroud studies film. He studies the plays. He sees what the the Ravens' tendencies are. The Ravens are going to come out there with that zone blitz, and he's going to sit in zone, cover three, cover two, things like that. And they're going to try to cover the Texans like that, man. And I think if the Texans can break out for a couple uh, good runs, they're going to be dangerous. They're not going to hold Nico, Marlon Humphrey out. And, yeah, they got some other corners. Okay. Yeah, they got safeties. Okay. So did the Browns. The Browns had a good pass rush um, as well. I will be honest. Matabuke, he, he might get one sack just off the fact that he's interior. The Texans interior has not been the best. We might need the help right there to slow him down. Um, but we, 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 know, we, we know the tendencies of the Ravens. We know the tendencies of some of their players. Clowney, great run stopper. Pass rusher, not so great. Nine and a half sacks, though, this year. Best probably in his whole career. Still yet to get over double digits. He's not going to do it. I think the Texans can slow him down. Um, especially when it comes to passing, you know. Um, but Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, they're going to be extra blitzers. But if Stroud is studying their film like I know he is 
with Miko and, and uh, Bobby Slowick and things like that, he gonna pick up on it. He gonna pick up on it. They gonna have Schultz Chip, Brevin Jordan Chip, or a running back help, something like that. Cause that's what they gonna try to do. They gonna try to bring extra pressure to get CJ Stroud on the move. And mind you, in this game, uh, CJ actually had a rush for about 40 yards. Uh, uh, in week one, I'm sorry. Week one, he rushed for about 40 yards because he was under pressure. But now I think CJ got in his head when he know he needs to run and when he don't need to run. And CJ, see, CJ, he can step up in that pocket and do it from there. CJ is dangerous like that. And if you watch the, the Texans and Browns, you'll see that. CJ can sit in that pocket and he'll make a play. Um, and he trusts his pocket. And I think the one thing that CJ got going for him, bro, is this team really loves him. His old linemen love him, man. And they're going to they gonna put their heart out there on the line for him, for real. You know what I'm saying? The Ravens, they're going to bring a lot of different packages. It's going to be a hard-hitting game. Um, the Ravens going to have a lot of disrespect for the Texans. But like I said, I think the Texans are going to go out there and smack them. And smack them hard. So, Texans all the way. So, before I close out, let's do a little pick them. It's pick them time, people. Let's go. Because we got some other playoff games. And let's do it. Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers, Niners at home. Man, to be honest, bro, I'm liking the Niners. I think I'm, I think the Niners is really going to blow out the Packers. I know the Packers played a damn good game against uh, Dallas last week. Uh, Jordan Love played his ass off. But I just don't see him coming out and doing the same thing against the 49ers. 49ers, yeah, they might be well-rested. They might be a little rusty come uh, first half. But I trust what the 49ers do over there in that organization, and they're going to uh, find a way to beat the Packers, and I think they're going to beat them easily in in this home game, especially as a night game. They've been uh, churning and churning and churning and ready to go, you know, just ready to get after that football again. And the Packers, they're not going to be ready for this 49ers team. They're just not. I think Brock Purdy got a lot to uh a lot to prove and just the team in general and I just think they're going to prove to the Packers that they're much better than the Cowboys. 49ers get the dub. Nine and a half spread. I think that's a little ridiculous, but um like I said, I, I do see the Niners blowing them out. Uh Tampa Bay Detroit Lions six and a half for Detroit. I could see that possibly happening. I could take Detroit by a touchdown. But also, this is another game, man. I really don't know. I think Tampa is kind of high right now on, on a win against Philly. And uh, Detroit is a little high, too, on their on they first uh, playoff win. But I think they high is going to ride them into the sunset. And Detroit actually might have a good shot at, at making a, 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 a long little run right here against uh, these NFC teams, especially as, as far as them being at home. I really like Detroit chances at uh, going the distance. So I see Detroit taking this win against Tampa. Uh, Baker Mayfield is definitely going to mess up in this game. And if any game, it would be this game. It's just because that Lions defense be hungry. They be making plays. 
Uh, Aiden Hutchinson be getting after it, and I know he's going to do it again. Then, to close it out, Sunday night, Kansas City and Buffalo. Well, 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 people. To be honest, man, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills right here. I know the spread is saying three points for Buffalo. Uh, I think it could be something like that, but it can also be something totally different. It could be a Buffalo win by 10 points or more because Buffalo has a defense that can really contain Patrick Mahomes. And with that being said, Buffalo is going to get the dub. I think it's going to be a shootout to an extent, but then I think one of the two teams is really going to separate themselves. I think it's really going to be electric, uh, an electric atmosphere for the Buffalo Bills going against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, everybody is looking for forward to Patrick Mahomes sitting down and going home. And I think this is going to be the weekend that he does. Tell me if I'm wrong. Well, people, with that being said, Texans is going to win. Ravens is going down. And that's a wrap on this episode. Hey, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Give me your thoughts on my podcast, what I'm saying in this podcast. Give me some uh, pointers if you have them or whatever the case. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know if I covered everything. I hope I did. Man, it's been a long little talk with you guys. Uh, I love y'all. Keep representing. Keep putting on for the HSC. For me, share, 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 and subscribe, people.